0: Welcome back to our Golden Twenties podcast. My name is Tegan and I'm joined with my co-host Sadie. Hello. And we are here to talk all about the best career advice we've received. And we are both working ladies. I feel like we've received lots of advice over the years and we've been working for like I don't even know 10 years at least I have uh professionally so I feel like we should have some good insights to share.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's funny too because I feel like in the moment when I get career advice, I brush it off like I'm like, right. That was a weird thing to say or mm-hmm. I didn't ask for this advice. Somebody just wants to like, I don't know, you know how people are yeah. always giving you unsolicited advice. But There's a few things that when I think back on them, I'm like, oh, that's what that person meant. And to your point, Tag, where we've been working for a while now and graduated years and years ago, started building our post-grad lives and our corporate careers A lot of things that I heard in college or even things like my parents would say growing up, I'm like, wow, I get what they were saying now. So it's always fun to like, look back on those types of things and be like, okay, now that it resonates for me, I'm going to pass it along to someone else and hope that it impacts them, even if it's years down the line in their career at some point. So yeah, I feel like this will be
0: a fun episode. Yes, definitely. And before we dive into that, we did ask on our Instagram what you all do for work. And we got some really cool submissions. So I think we're going to go through and share what some of the listeners do, which should be fun. And just a reminder to follow us on Instagram. So you see when we do these Q&As, sometimes we do polls and segments and those sorts of things yeah I love this
1: also you guys have so many cool jobs so the first yeah. one is a realtor and then it says realtor mainly photography and social media on the side and I feel like that is also like such a classic answer where it's like I have a full-time yeah. thing but I also have a side hustle okay maybe I have two side hustles <laughs> yeah. so you guys are just yeah we get it you get it we're all on the same page here
0: yeah. Someone also said they worked in marketing for a charity. Sadie and I are both marketing gals. So hopefully some of the insights we share will be like extra applicable if that person's listening. Yeah, I love that.
1: We also had somebody say they're a therapist, which I was Slay. so fascinated by. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that. And yeah. I love that you listen to our podcast. Like I wonder... I don't know, because I feel we talk so much about therapy, things we're talking about in therapy, things that we've learned in therapy, like we're big therapy girlies over here. So I think it'd be so interesting to hear us fangirl about therapy if you're a therapist. That's true. (laughs) Or they're listening and being like, girls, no, 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 this is probably what your therapist meant or like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel probably therapists also have a, like, they'll have to learn how to like, flip off their therapist mind sometimes I don't know yeah maybe that's exactly. me where I'm like I'm feel like that would be a very draining job to have yeah but yeah hard yeah. to leave work at work kind of thing
0: yeah definitely someone else said that they were a patient administrative associate at a rehab hospital which is pretty cool
1: yeah that's so cool we also Intense. had an, yeah we also have an English teacher and she said she's working to become a school librarian. And I love that. Like, yeah, that's another thing. Teachers, I feel like teachers don't get enough credit, especially over like since 2020, where it's been like virtual learning and I don't know, yeah. I just feel like everything school related has been turned upside down over the past few years. And I'm just like, dang, teachers, teachers are awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely. Someone else is a promotions coordinator at Chorus Entertainment, which is Very our cool. like radio stations here in Canada. Yeah, that's awesome. We have
1: a grad construction project manager, which I don't know exactly what to Yeah,
0: I don't know what grad construction is. Me either. But a project,
1: they project manage grad
0: construction.
1: <laughs> this person listening is
0: like... Like, yeah. Wow, they're yeah, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling grad construction. And I'm going to learn right now. I,
1: grad construction. It has to be something around. <laughs> no, I can't say this confidently. <laughs> I feel we need to cut this whole part out. We just look so
0: dumb. <laughs> it must be. Okay. She project manages some sort of construction projects. Yes. We think. Slay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And someone else said that they are a writer for a lifestyle magazine. Very Carrie
1: Bradshaw. Yeah. We love that too. I feel like we actually have quite a few like marketing-esque things here. Like marketing for a charity... We have the promotions coordinator. I feel like that could be marketing writer for a lifestyle magazine. Yeah, very cool. I'm like looking for the marketing girlies because yeah, I'm a marketing manager myself. I work in like digital marketing and I work for a fashion retail company. So that's what I do in case you guys didn't know and why I'm so fascinated by the marketing girlies. (laughs)
0: Yes. And I'm also in marketing. I'm a project manager and content specialist at a digital marketing agency. Mm-hmm. How many buzzwords can I fit in there? Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: thinking how many times can I say girlies in this episode? Because yeah. I'm pretty
0: sure I'm at like five or six already That's and it's okay. been like
1: five minutes. <laughs>
0: I've said slay twice. So let's just keep it going. <laughs> keep the brain rot. By the end, we'll just be like, slay queen, go out there, girl girl. boss. (laughs) So funny.
1: All right. (laughs) Wow. This might be an unhinged episode. That's how how I'm feeling now. But all this to say, thank you guys for submitting what you do for work. Definitely super cool. And like Tegan said, hopefully some of the advice we've learned over our career, regardless if you're in the same industry, a similar industry, or something completely different, Hopefully something in this resonates with you.
0: Yes, 100%. The first piece of advice I wanted to share, I have shared, I think, literally every single time we've had a work episode. But it's like the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten in my career so far. And when I've shared it on the podcast, people have given us feedback and been like, that advice was so good. So I'm going to share it again And it's the idea if when you're looking at the work that you're doing and you think this is at 99%, you take five minutes to try and figure out if you can push it to the next 1%. And I find in my career, it's often like little tiny things that do this, but this is the difference between like an average employee and an elite employee where it's as simple as like. Let me think of an example from my actual work, like where I work, all our hard drives are named after actors. And it's just a way to like keep track of which hard drives, which and what's on which hard drive and who has what. And I went and I changed all their little icons to be PNGs of the actors' faces. And I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, is this going to make a difference? Not at all. But it's like, it's that 1% that makes me look like I'm killing my job it brings joy to other people makes things look a little better on the desktop and it can be as simple as like when you're sending emails you make sure you have a subject line that makes sense you make sure that you're embedding the links or you're putting the links Mm -hmm. in there twice so that people aren't getting confused you're not like referring to things without Sharing the link again, even like I work with a lot of clients. When I'm sending back revisions, I include a list of everything I've changed so far. I'm just trying to make life slightly easier for the client, slightly easier for the other people in the email chain, so that they don't have to remember what are the changes I made, what what was I asking for, and it literally adds five minutes of work to any task but it just really elevates your work and it's like that's the kind of thing that makes you stand out from the people around you that's the kind of thing that makes you stand out to clients and yeah that's my long spiel
1: <laughs> yeah no I love that I feel like that's is good advice and you definitely have mentioned it before and every time I'm mm-hmm. like one of those people where I'm like yes I love this this is good because like you're saying it only takes a couple extra seconds but yeah or minutes but can make a big difference, and then just kind of shows the type of worker you are, you know, and has yeah. a positive impact on that. So, I love that. Speaking of doing things at a hundred percent and kind of tying it into your work ethic, my this is probably the very first piece of work advice I was ever given. And if my dad were to listen to the podcast, he'd be so proud to hear that this is the first thing I'm going to share. But he used to say to me and my sisters, so this is like way back when we started working part time in high school, probably even when I was like in elementary school doing my paper route, you know, he would say, do everything to the best of your ability. And in my family, we've like coined this as like doing it our way kind of thing. Like we have, we say our last name. We're like, that's just (laughs) like the, you know, mentality of our family, because it's like, no matter what job you're doing, do it to the best of your ability. And this is very much how my dad works. He's been, or he was self-employed for the majority of his life, but it was something that he instilled in us. Like I said, even when we were doing paper routes and part-time jobs. So I was working as an assistant in a hair salon in high school. And I was given the best hair washes of my life. You know what I mean? Like taking that job so seriously, then I get into interning. I wasn't even getting paid at these jobs, but I was like, I'm going to do this to the absolute best of my ability. Like this is really what shaped my work ethic. And then I think this is what also fuels my ambition, but also just makes me, you know, somebody who's curious and I want to learn because as much As much as I learn about, you know, my role or how I can do my job better, the better I can do it to my ability. So I really think this has just shaped the way I look at everything, why I strive Mm -hmm. to be the best, you know? And then I think that goes to people liking working with me because they know I'm gonna do the job and I'm gonna do it well and that sort of thing. So super simple, but I think that's the biggest thing. And sorry, one other thought is. I feel like people are very like entitled to a job, especially if it's something they like studied in school or, you know, you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm above working this at this place because I went to school. Like for instance, I went to school for fashion business management. I wanted to work in marketing. However, I was working part-time in a store But I was doing that job, which was like, this isn't my end goal by any means, but I did that job to the best of my ability and worked Mm -hmm. my way up from like a part-time sales associate to become a associate department manager by the time I left and then started my marketing career. But it's like, I was able to make the most out of even a temporary job and like move my way up to like earn more money just because I took it seriously and wasn't like, Oh, this yeah. isn't what I want to do, so I'm just gonna you know show up and just brush it off, not try, not do anything. like it was like even if it's temporary, I did it to the best of my ability, made the most of it, climbed the ladder as much as I could before moving on to what I did want to do full time,
0: yeah, that is such good advice, especially the piece about like nothing being below, yeah, you because it's like you never know and you never know. Like where people start out, you never know who you're interacting with. Like, my first job yeah. was being an assistant, and 90% of it was like getting people coffee, getting people lunch, doing people's dishes. And there are definitely people that you interact with. And probably if anyone's listening and early in their career, you're going to come across these people quite a bit who are like, Well, I'm not going to do your dishes. Right. When it's like, sometimes that's just how certain industries are. And that's where you have to start. And if the difference is between you and one other person, it's like, they're going to pick the person who stayed late to do the dishes and was happy to be involved. Obviously it's like you, there's a slippery slope between like people taking advantage of you and things, but it's like, when you're starting out in your career, you have to do the small Things. And I find it might be because I was like going to film school and there's like a very distinct film bro type. And it's like a rich white dude from Toronto who thinks he's going to be the next Kubrick. And it's like when you're starting out in the industry, you have to be doing jobs where it's like you're organizing clips and that's what you do for Mm -hmm. 40 hours a week. And it's not creative and it's not fun and it sucks. But if you're not willing to do it, you're not going to get the bigger opportunities. So it's like, not only do you just have to suck it up and do it, but you have to then do it well. Take it to like the 100%, do your best, not be like, well, I'll try this for a week and then see. Like, That's just the way it works sometimes, especially when you're first starting in your career. 100%. Great. Yeah, I think... Another thing that I got told very early was to be nice to everyone, which seems very obvious. But like, again, you will meet people in your life who do not follow this. And it's just the idea of like, even when you're interviewing, be nice to like the secretary. My first job I got because they asked the receptionist who she liked the best. And she said me. And it's like, sometimes that's all it comes down to. And so it doesn't like no one, it's all the same thing. No one's below you. No one's above you. You're all in the same boat. You're all fighting for the same team. So be kind to everyone, whether that's like the people who are sweeping the floor there, the person who is delivering things there. Like it doesn't hurt to be kind. It takes no extra time or effort and you never know who that person might be. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you have an example
1: of being like, I got that job because of the secretary. Like that's the best. The next piece of advice. This is one of those weird ones that I thought in the moment, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard somebody say. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, this isn't resonating, but in hindsight, I'm like this stuck with me for a very specific Mm. reason. Do you like how I really build up what I'm going to say before (laughs) I actually say it? Yeah. Okay. So when I was working part-time in a retail store, There were a lot of girls. I worked at Anthropology. I think I've mentioned that in past episodes. There were a lot of girls who worked at the store with me part-time, but they had full-time jobs as well. And everybody Mm -hmm. worked there, obviously, for the discount. It was a really great discount. So girls were like, yeah, sure, I'll go work my full-time job and then come here like twice a week in the evenings or on the weekends, whatever. So this girl, I I was still in school at the time just started like working at anthro and this girl actually maybe i didn't just start but anyways i was on my 10 minute break in the back room this girl and i were like getting ready to close down the store we're having our break and she was talking to me about school i tell her i work in fashion business or i would uh at school for fashion business management and she would, said to me oh that's great what do you want to do i was like i want to work in marketing and she said to me have fun in the fashion industry and then move into banking when you're ready to make some real money mm-hmm. and i was like that is the most like bizarre thing yeah. to say right like yeah, i'm like yeah. you're telling me i'm a fashion major essentially and you're telling me good luck you're yeah. not going to make any money with it however what i've come to learn And this is a big thing. It might sound like a no brainer to some people, but to me, I'm like, no, I totally understand what she was saying is even if you have the same title job, you could be making different salaries based on the industry that you do that title job. So for instance, I'm a, like I said, performance marketing manager, but I work in the retail space. Versus if I had this title in the banking space or in the tech Mm -hmm. industry, I could be making a lot more money. I also am in fashion retail, but if I was in, say, like automotive sales or even like a service industry, maybe I could be making less or making more. Like, I think I was always so focused on a job title that I didn't even think about the industry. Like I was like, I want to be a marketing manager. So I go to Google, what does a marketing manager make? But there's so many variables to it, the industry being the biggest one. And I think, you know, this is what she was trying to say, not saying, you know, anything. I don't know. I think it was just something I hadn't thought of. And looking back on it, I'm like, okay, this is what she was trying to say. And it makes a lot of
0: sense. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. I think one piece of advice I got given pretty early is to take the time to double and triple check work. Again, I feel like this is obvious, but then it's also like it's not obvious until someone tells you. But like the industry I work in, there's a lot of confidentiality. And it's the kind of thing where if you make a simple mistake, you will get fired as like the lowest penalty where at the highest penalty you could be sued because you're breaking an nda and it's things like making sure you're sending the right links you don't want to send a link to a confidential project to the wrong person because you got your email tabs mixed up or you don't want to cc someone because you started typing in their email address didn't check that it actually is the right person like when you're dealing with these kinds of things It seems silly because in the grand scheme of things, it's not that deep, but like, it is that deep (laughs) because you're signing an NDA and even things like if you're sending a video, make sure you watch the video all the way through. You don't want to be the person who looks like an idiot because you sent a video that has a massive glitch halfway through it because you didn't bother to take the 60 seconds to watch it. And, you know, it's again, I feel like all of my points have been sort of related where it's like, just take the two minutes. Make sure you're doing your best and you know, really take the time to make sure you're protecting yourself. But it's like that's what you gotta do, especially when you're starting out. Like mistakes are so easy to make, especially in the Mm -hmm. digital world. Like you type one wrong letter and someone's email is wrong. So it's like just take a breath, take a moment to check, and all will be good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a
1: like very detail-oriented person that I can't stand when people make mistakes and I'm like, I know making mistakes is normal and natural, but it's like, oftentimes like you're saying tech, it's like, literally, if you took, if you just read your email once before sending it, you would have caught this mistake, you know? So it's like, you don't necessarily need to be like borderline OCD detail oriented. Like I feel like I am, but it's like, just Mm -hmm. put in a little bit of extra effort because I also feel like it's, Part of your brand and your reputation, you know, do you want to be known as that person who is always making mistakes or like yeah. is always at ninety percent, but you yeah. know, your coworker's always at a hundred percent? Like I think that's something that why I care so much about paying attention to the details is because I don't wanna be the girl that's like, oh well, yeah, of course Sadie made that mistake, you know, she always makes that mistake. It's like, no, 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 like <laughs> I want yeah. my brand to be that. I'm the best at everything, like the, doing yeah. everything to the best of my ability. But yeah, it's a hard yeah. skill to teach, though, and like learn at detail orientation. But
0: anyways. yeah, I will say Grammarly is a little safer <laughs> This isn't sponsored. I wish it was, I was but say, I'm obsessed with Grammarly. Yeah. So this is if you're
1: also something that you mentioned every work episode. Yeah.
0: It's something I always saw the ads for it. And I was like, give me a break, you losers. Like, wow, Grammarly transformed your life. Now I'm like, it did. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we have it, like my work pays for it. And it's like mandatory that we have it on all our emails and stuff. Oh, and the way my life has changed, like now I'm a sucker. I'm going to have to pay for it if I ever work anywhere else. But it helps you, like it flags big red flags if you have any grammar wrong if you said you attached something and you didn't and Mm. it also helps you write more confidently which is something that I feel like a lot of women need it'll be like you have too many exclamation points or it'll be like I was wondering if you could please send and Grammarly will be like no please send this I'm like "Yeah, yeah you're right Grammarly thank you so I did need to of course give that a shout out I love that The next
1: piece of advice is probably one of the last, like most recent pieces of advice that I've just started to understand what they were saying. So back in 2021, I switched jobs into what I'm currently at. And I was moving from a senior specialist role from one company to a marketing manager role at another company. And when I left the company I was at, I had a like exit interview style meeting with the director of the digital team that I worked under. So not my boss, but my boss's boss at the time. And he said something to me being like, "Some there's different types of managers, essentially. So he's like, I know you're accepting this because it's a manager role. We can't give that to you. But there's different types of managers. There's managers who are builders and there's managers who are good at maintaining kind of the status mm. quo. At the time, again, I was like, that's such a weird thing to say. Like, okay, Mm. thanks. Like, thanks, tips. Got it. (laughs) Moving on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Looking back on it, is that a throwback for you? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Looking back on it now, I'm like, I 100% understand what he was saying. Essentially, I joined this team to kind of pave the way in digital marketing for them and like onboard new platforms and kind of change some of the thinking around how to use digital marketing. And let me tell you guys, that is one really hard task to do is have a company that believes something to come in as a new role, a young woman to be like, actually, Mm -hmm. no, we should be doing this instead. There's a lot of resistance and it's a lot of different battles and a lot of different work stress that I haven't experienced before in my career. And I've had so many times reflecting back on him saying this and being like, maybe I'm not a manager who's a builder. Like maybe I'm a manager who likes to come in when the stage is set And all I Mm -hmm. need to do is just like manage the team, manage the work to keep it up, you know? But then I go back and I'm like, no, but like I, I really like coming up with new ideas and I like fighting Mm -hmm. the fight, but it's exhausting. So all of this to say, if you're a manager or you're wanting to become a manager, I think it's just interesting to think about, of course, different like management styles, leadership styles, but also just being like, what is it exactly I want to do, you know? And like, I don't know, taking that lens to your role as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I kind of had a piece of advice that's sort of similar, but it's like when trying to decide what your career should look like. And it's the idea of like chasing the flow or like when you enter a flow state, figuring out why that is and trying Mm -hmm. to find a job that kind of caters to that. And so- For anyone listening, the idea of like flow state is when you're doing something and you're like so just in it that it's like time doesn't exist anymore. There's nothing else. You're like truly in the flow. And I have this when I'm video editing, which is part of what my job is. But I also have it like when I'm filling out spreadsheets. So it's like, that's interesting. Whereas like I work with someone and she said like the most flow she's ever felt is when she was working at a busy restaurant and she figured out like how to seat all the tables and like organize the people so that everyone had a waiter. And so she's like, I didn't want to work in restaurants my whole life, but I figured out what it was about that and transition that into my like current career. And so it's Mm -hmm. just something to think about and it doesn't have to be literal. Like she wasn't like, I'm good at seating people. So I'm going to find a job where I see people. Right. She was like, I'm good at organizing and people managing and seeing the big picture and time management. And so I think, especially if you're early in your career or you're like, I don't know what I want to do. Try and think about the things you do. And it can just be like in your regular life. Like yeah, you love reorganizing your closet or you love gardening or whatever it might be and try and think about how that flow state can be transitioned into your work because nothing is better than when your work day flies by because you're just like head down getting shit done you're in the flow state so you're having fun and life is good yeah
1: I love that I love that so so much because I think I've again I've get so focused on titles and Mm. salaries and like, okay, what's the next step where it's like, okay, but sometimes you need to dissect your role a little bit more to figure out what you enjoy, what you don't, because there's so many little things that make up, you know, a job title or an experience at a company, things like that. So I love breaking it down into those smaller things. The other pieces of like advice aren't necessarily things that People have told me as advice, like the three things I mentioned before were, but they're things that I've heard and really resonated with me or things that I've just been learning on my own. The first thing that I'll share with you guys is something I think I shared a few episodes back, but totally out of context. And it was while I was watching a YouTube video from Emma Leger, and she said that she launched her Emma's Olives brand. And her attitude towards it was launch, then refine. So essentially she wasn't waiting for it to be perfect in order to set it live and have people start buying her olives. She was going to just set it live and then she was going to work out the kinks when it was already live. And that is the exact opposite of how my mind works. I'm somebody that waits until it's perfect and then I can launch it. However, that often stands in the way of actually getting things live and actually trying something because my perfectionism stands in the way. So there's been so many blogs and websites Mm -hmm. that I've had so many, even like Instagram series and Instagram accounts that I've started over the past, however many years, and none of them do anything because I give up because it's not perfect or they don't even happen. Don't even launch because I'm waiting for it to be perfect. So all of this to say, don't wait until it's perfect launch, get the experience, figure it out. And over time, it'll become everything you want it to be. But you just need to get it live, get started to start learning, you know, how to improve and make it the best it can be.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that was a big lesson learned with this podcast. But I did want to follow up. Sorry, she's selling olives, like jarred olives.
1: Yeah, jarred olives. Interesting. She okay. Loves, <laughs> I thought yeah, I misheard you. <laughs> no, Emma's olives. She loves her dirty martinis. So she like makes different types of olives. She has like her merch, Dirty Martini Club merge. Like yeah. Cute.
0: So cute.
1: I think she just oh crap, she just recently put out something else. But I can't remember what it olive was. Olive adjacent. No. Hmm. Yeah, olive adjacent yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I misheard.
1: No, <laughs> you didn't. So she yeah. launched, and now we're just going with it. We're like, "Hey, Emma's olives got it." Olives. Olives. Yeah, but yeah.
0: No, I uh, yeah, I totally agree. Sort of related to that too, which I think is again something I've brought up multiple times, but I am going to share it. Sort of related to the launch, then refine is the idea of it's only cringe until it's successful. And I always see this related to TikTok. People are like, how do you post on TikTok without being embarrassed? It's like, well, it's only embarrassing until you have a viral TikTok. Yeah. yeah, And then it's like, oh, wait, you're a little TikTok superstar. And it's the same with everything. Like you're like, it's cringy to start an Instagram for my business. It's cringy to reach out to my friends and be like, hey, do you want to support me? Until suddenly you're like a millionaire who just sold uh, your millionth jar of olives. And then it's like, yeah, that girl's a success and she killed it. And she's like an overnight sensation. But it's just sometimes you have to battle through the cringe with the knowledge that like you're in the right. You're getting it done. If people think it's cringy, that's their own problem. And when Mm -hmm. you're successful, they won't. Yeah.
1: Totally. Totally. And they'll be the first ones to come to you to be like, hey, can I get a free jar of olives? Or like, hey, can you give me TikTok advice? I saw you had a viral video. Like they'll flip and like they'll flip in an instant. And it's like, no, we don't have time for that. You know, do your thing. Focus on. Yeah. What you want.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the cringe does go away because I used to be the type of person if people asked me about our TikTok would feel like cringy or like embarrassed. Yeah. Where now people are like, I saw your TikTok. And I'm like, oh, yeah, slay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 So funny. So true. I love it. The other thing I'm learning, and I cannot advocate for more, I went on a whole rant on how I've like built my career in one of my solo episodes about like money, money mindset how I save money, how I make money, those sorts of things. But this is the biggest thing in that episode and the biggest thing I've learned in my career. And that is that you control the conversation around your growth and your salary. So I feel like actually it's even similar to what we were just saying around launching something new or like starting your own thing and embracing the cringe, you control the conversation around it where it's only cringy until it's successful. However, for the corporate girlies, there we go. We both just inserted another (laughs) slay and girlies for the corporate girls. This is also so big because it's uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable to go to your boss and say, Hey, I need a raise or, Hey, I want a promotion. So I think if you're, constantly waiting for them to initiate it, or you're waiting for, you know, recognition without pushing for it yourself or tuning your own horn, it's never going to come around. Essentially. I think I've been, I don't want to use the word victim, but I will. I've been a victim of just being like pushed work onto to just see how much I can take on. And then it's not until I stand up to say like, Hey guys, like, you know, can I be recognized for this? Hey, guys, are you guys seeing how much I'm doing? Hey, guys, you know, like bringing yeah. awareness to you can't push me around anymore that I've started to get recognized for the things I'm doing, get promotions, things like that. But I think it also comes to asking your manager what do I need to do to get promoted? What do I need to do for a raise? What else can I be taking on to like show, you know, I'm ready for a promotion, things like that. Those are conversations mm-hmm. that you should be having with your boss, but they're conversations that you should initiate and dictate and kind of keep top of mind for your boss because your boss doesn't care about your personal growth and development as much as you care about it so you really need to advocate for yourself.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. One point I had written down that is somewhat similar is like that you are the only person who's looking out for you. And totally. It's like it doesn't matter what your company values are that they say they're like a family. Like you've got oh, to look out for you. Yeah. <laughs> was that triggering? Sorry. That was so <laughs> triggering. I hate that. so. Bad. I know. It's the worst. And I feel like, especially when you're new to the workforce, it's so mm-hmm. easy to be taken advantage of or think that this is yeah. just how things are. And it's like, nope, you need to fight for yourself. Even things yeah. like working overtime, if you're supposed to get paid for that or supposed to get loot time, like you better be keeping track of that yourself. Because the company will not. They do not Mm -hmm. care. And it's the same with making sure that you are just doing what you're hired to do. You're not doing extra work for free. You're not giving up your lunch breaks. There's no point in being that loyal to a company that is not loyal to you. There is no question that a company will lay off people or fire people in order to not go under, period. It does not matter who you are. So, It's like, obviously, it's good to be working hard, to be hustling. If you want to work overtime and get compensated for that, that's fine. But don't take it further than that. You still have to look out for yourself because people will learn that they can take advantage of you and they will. Yeah, 100%.
1: I think this also applies to the interview process. And I think this comes as you build your confidence through experience and even interview experience. But as you build your career, I think you'll get more comfortable with this. But something I've been really feeling is taking that ownership of, like, I am looking out for myself and applying it to interviews. So typically, you yeah. know, your interviewer is seeing if you're the right fit for the role and for the company, but you need to be interviewing them just as much to make sure that they're the right fit for you. And, you know, your values align, the company culture is something that's going to work for you, the work life balance, the, you know, the team, the people there, it's not as much of, it's just as much, I guess, of you fitting in with them as them meshing with you. So Mm -hmm. also taking that kind of lens to the interview process, I think can be really big as well. And something that I feel nobody told me, it's just something that Mm -hmm. naturally has started happening where I'm getting pickier with the roles that I do interview for and accept because I want to make sure it's right for me just as much as I'm right for it.
0: Yeah, totally. And related to that, do not do free work (laughs) in interviews. I have seen, I think, especially as Mm -hmm. a video editor, so many roles that are like, we'll interview you if you do this test edit. And I'm like, Oh, so you don't want to hire editors, you're just going to get a bunch of people under the pretense of interviews to edit your videos. Got it. And it's like, I get that when you're desperate, you're like, sure, I'll, I'll do a test, whatever. Do not do free work. Do not do free work. If you have to do some yeah. type of test, like do it water in some market. way, watermark it so they can't steal yeah. it whatever it is, I've turned down interviews saying I won't do work for free. Whereas on the other hand, I've done tests where I was compensated and Mm -hmm. I didn't get the role, but they, I was like, it took me two hours and they were like, yep, here's your hourly rate. Enjoy. Which is what actual professional companies do. But like, you don't know that if you just think, okay, I want to be a video editor. So I have to do these test videos. You don't know. I'm telling you right now, do not do that. That's shady even if it's a real job, that's a red flag for the type of company. So
1: yeah, do not do that. Interesting. I, it's a hot take. I know it. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of the assignment for a job to like prove you actually know what you're doing, but I think it can be in a way like not free work, like you're saying, like the assignments, like for me and my role would be like, very like hypothetical. You have this much money for a campaign. How would yeah. you spend it? You know, coming up with yeah. like a campaign plan. However, I did hear, and I don't know if this is true, but something similar like this happened for Spotify wrapped. The whole idea of Spotify yeah, rap I heard came this. from either a girl's interview, an intern, something where somebody from a like temporary, like low kind of person on the team, Had this idea for Spotify wrapped, and then they turned it into what we know as Spotify wrapped today. And this person wasn't compensated, wasn't given credit, nothing. They just took her ideas and ran with it. So
0: even Spotify doing them dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's also like, I know that Google does tests and it's like, okay, they can do that because it's Google. You know, I'm talking about like, if it's like, I don't know. I just see a lot of, yeah, like YouTubers who are hiring an editor and I'm like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Watermark that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even like graphics and stuff. Like if it's like, show us your Photoshop and like, you know, create three social posts for us if you're like interviewing for a social media position. It's like, yeah, watermark that because, Yeah. yeah, I've never thought of that being free work.
0: Yeah. The other thing is too if you have the work to back up your skills, you should be able to negotiate, like saying, I don't want to edit that video as a test, but I have my entire portfolio of things I've edited that you can review here. Right, right. And then it's like, if they start to be weird about that, red flag. Yeah, no,
1: that's totally, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I think the last thing on my list is kind of around the whole idea of setting boundaries. So this is something that I've been very vocal with you guys about working through in all areas of my life. And this is like a big theme in my 28th year, since my birthday, I'm like, Hey, I have boundaries, but I need to communicate them to people. And then the like magic is actually in following through with them. So this is mm-hmm. really big at work and something that I think, again, just talking about like being taken advantage of or people pushing you know, extra work on to you or asking you to like pick up the slack or do those small things that nobody else does. I feel like, sure, you know, like we're saying to a certain extent, if that's what's going to help you get ahead or you want to do it for whatever reason, fine. But I think if it crosses a boundary for you in any way, you kind of set the standard for yourself if you break your own boundaries. So you can't just have boundaries and ex- expect other people to obey by them. Having boundaries is constantly you know, reminding people, no, I don't work past 5pm, or I'm not going to take this Friday meeting, but we can meet or like 530 meeting, we can meet nine o'clock tomorrow morning instead, or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know, so I think it's one thing to figure out your boundaries, set them for yourself, but then it's another to actually follow through with them and vocalize them to people in a way, obviously, that's respectful to them, their boundaries, and It gets messy, but do it for yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. I think the last thing that I had written down, which is also something that I'm like currently trying to learn, but it's the idea of like, will it matter in five minutes, five days, five weeks? And as someone who like takes their job very seriously, is a perfectionist, wants to be perceived as someone who does a really good job, I find that with a lot of things, they can be like blown out of proportion. And there is like a saying in marketing that's like, you're in PR, not ER. So relax. And it's like, sometimes it's just such a good reminder. Every once in a while, I have to be like, okay, we're making TikToks, like let's chill. And, but I even apply it to like interpersonal problems I'm having at work. If someone says something to me where I'm like, that's unprofessional, they should not speak to me that way. Like that's correct. And those emotions are valid. But then instead of having it be this big spiral and ruin my day, I'm like, is that comment they made to me going to matter in five weeks? No. Is it going to matter in five days? Probably not. And so I'm trying to take that perspective a little bit more, but it is hard when like the tension's high, the emotions are high. Uh, But it's something that I'm working on. And I feel like it's easier as you get older.
1: Yeah. This is something I need to do because I am a grudge holder. So I'm like, <laughs> I will remember this five years from now. Will they yeah. m- remember? No, but I will. And yeah. I'll hold it against them still. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. Now you're just like, <laughs> I carry around so much extra heavy weight for no reason. And I get nothing out of it just because I have a hard time letting things go. But yeah, I think that's that's definitely something it's to be hard. mindful of. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. That's just some of the work advice. I feel like we have <laughs> so many work episodes in the past. And while we were recording this episode, I was like, oh, there's another thing I want to say. Oh, there's yeah. another thing. But they're all things I think that. well, first of all, we'll continue to put out work episodes. We know you guys love these episodes and we love recording them. But if this one was resonating with you, definitely go back and check out some of our previous career episodes from season three and even season two season one but thank you guys so much for listening that's where we're leaving it today make sure you follow us on social media at our golden 20s that's on tiktok instagram facebook pinterest all the places Um, and that's how you can submit for any of our q a's our questions uh, for our like new segments that we're starting this season all of that fun stuff Um, and you can also just send us a dm so if there's something you're navigating at work and you want just some advice or just somebody to chat it through with or if there's something you're celebrating and you just want to tell somebody about it shoot us a dm we absolutely love that absolutely love that (laughs) and we just want to hear from you guys you can also find us on patreon we share extra content there as well as drop the episodes early and then we also have some fun bonus content so this Friday, we'll be posting just kind of Tegan and I talking about our weekly catch-up, talking a lot about our current positions we're in at work, things like that. So go subscribe to our Patreon to get access to that. And I think that's everything. So we will see you next Tuesday.
0: Bye.